0: Chapter 15 of Treasure Island This is a LibriVox recording All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson Chapter 15 The Man of the Island From the side of the hill which was here steep and stony a spout of gravel was dislodged and fell rattling and bounding through the trees My eyes turned instinctively in that direction, and I saw a figure leap with great rapidity behind the trunk of a pine. What it was, whether bear or man or monkey, I could in no wise tell. It seemed dark and shaggy, more I knew not, but the terror of this new apparition brought me to a stand. I was now, it seemed, cut off upon both sides, behind me the murderers, before me this lurking nondescript, and immediately I began to prefer the dangers that I knew to those I knew not. Silver himself appeared less terrible in contrast with this creature of the woods, and I turned on my heel, and, looking sharply behind me over my shoulder, began to retrace my steps in the direction of the boats. Instantly the figure reappeared, and, making a wide circuit, began to head me off. I was tired, at any rate, but had I been as fresh as when I rose I could see it was in vain for me to contend in speed with such an adversary. From trunk to trunk the creature flitted like a deer, running manlike on two legs, but unlike any man that I had ever seen, stooping almost double as it ran. Yet, a man it was, I could no longer be in doubt about that. I began to recall what I had heard of cannibals. I was within an ace of calling for help. But the mere fact that he was a man, however wild, had somewhat reassured me, and my fear of silver began to revive in proportion. I stood still, therefore, and cast about for some method of escape and as I was thinking, the recollection of my pistol flashed into my mind. As soon as I remembered I was not defenceless, courage glowed again in my heart, and I set my face resolutely toward this man of the island, and walked briskly toward him. He was concealed by this time behind another tree-trunk, but he must have been watching me closely, for as soon as I began to move in his direction, he reappeared, and took a step to meet me. Then he hesitated, drew back, came forward again and at last, to my wonder and confusion, threw himself on his knees and held out his clasped hands in supplication. At that I once more stopped. "'Who are you?' I asked.
1: Ben Gunn,
0: he answered, and his voice sounded hoarse and awkward, like a rusty lock.
1: "'I'm poor Gunn, I am, and I haven't spoken with a Christian these three years.'
0: I could see now that he was a white man, like myself, and that his features were even pleasing. His skin— wherever it was exposed, was burnt by the sun. Even his lips were black, and his fair eyes looked quite startling in so dark a face. Of all the beggar-men that I had seen or fancied, he was the chief for raggedness. He was clothed with tatters of an old ship's canvas and old sea-cloth, and this extraordinary patchwork was all held together by a system of the most various and incongruous fastenings, brass buttons, bits of stick, and loops of Terry Gascon. About his waist he wore an old brass-buckled leather belt, "'which was the only thing solid in his whole accoutrement. Three years,' I cried. "'Were you shipwrecked?'
1: "'Nay, mate,' said he. "'Marooned.'
0: "'I had heard the word, "'and I knew it stood for a horrible kind of punishment "'common enough among the buccaneers, "'in which the offender is put ashore "'with a little powder and shot, "'and left behind on some desolate and distant island.'
1: "'Marooned three years ago,' he continued, "'and lived on goats since then, "'and berries and oysters.' wherever a man is says i a man can do for himself but mate my heart is sore for christian diet you mightn't happen to have a piece of cheese about you now no for many's long night i dreamed of cheese toasted mostly and woke up again and here i were
0: if ever i can get aboard again said i you shall have cheese by the stone all this time he had been feeling the stuff of my jacket smoothing my hands, looking at my boots, and generally, in the intervals of his speech, showing a childish pleasure in the presence of a fellow creature. But at my last words he perked up into a kind of startled slyness.
1: "'If you ever can get aboard again, says you,' he repeated, "'why now, who's to hinder you?'
0: "'Not you, I know,' was my reply.
1: "'And right you was,' he cried. "'Now you, what do you call yourself, mate?' "'Jim,' I told him. "'Jim?' jim says
0: he quite pleased apparently
1: well now jim i've lived that rough as you'd be ashamed to hear of now for instance you wouldn't think i had a pious mother to look at me
0: he asked why no not in particular i answered
1: oh well said he but i had remarkable pious and i was a simple pious boy i could rattle off my catechism that fast as you couldn't tell one word from another and here's what it come to jim and it begun with chuck foddon on the blessed gravestone that's what it begun with but it went further than that and so my mother told me and predicts the whole she did to pious woman but it were providence that put me here i thought it all out on this here lonely island and i'm back on piety You don't catch me tasting rum so much, but just a thimbleful for luck, of course, the first chance I have. I'm bound I'll be good, and I see the way to. And Jim,
0: looking all round him and lowering his voice to a whisper, I'm rich. I now felt sure that the poor fellow had gone crazy in his solitude, and I suppose I must have shown that feeling in my face, for he repeated the statement hotly
1: rich rich i says and i'll tell you what i'll make a man of you jim ah jim you'll bless your stars you will you was the first that found me
0: and at this there came suddenly a lowering shadow over his face and he tightened his grasp upon my hand and raised a forefinger threateningly before my eyes
1: now jim you tell me true. that ain't flint's ship
0: he asked at this i had a happy inspiration I began to believe that I had found an ally, and I answered him at once. "'It's not Flint's ship, and Flint is dead, but I'll tell you true as you ask me. There are some of Flint's hands aboard. Worse luck for the rest of us.' "'Not a man with one leg?' he gasped. "'Silver?' I asked.
1: "'Ah, Silver,' says he. "'That were his name.'
0: "'He's the cook and the ringleader, too.' He was still holding me by the wrist, and at that he gave it quite a ring.
1: "'If you was sent by Long John,' He said i'm as good as pork and i know it but where was you do you suppose
0: i had made up my mind in a moment and by way of answer told him the whole story of our voyage and the predicament in which we found ourselves he heard me with the keenest interest and when i had done he patted me on the
1: head you're a good lad jim he said and you're all in a clove hitch ain't you well you just put your trust in ben gun ben gun's a man to do it would you think it likely now that your squire would prove a liberal-minded one in case of help? Him being in a clove hitch, as you remark.
0: I told him the squire was the most liberal of men. Ah, but you see, returned Ben Gunn,
1: I didn't mean give me a gate to keep and a suit of livery clothes and such. That's not my mark, Jim. What I mean is, would he be likely to come down to the tune of, say, one thousand pounds of money that's as good as a man's own already? I am sure he would, said I
0: as it was all hands were to share and a passage home he added with a look of great shrewdness why i cried the squire's a gentleman and besides if we got rid of the others we should want you to help work the vessel home ah said he
1: so you would
0: and he seemed very much relieved
1: now i'll tell you what he went on so much i'll tell you and no more i were on flint's ship when he buried the treasure he and six alone, six strong seamen there was ashore nigh on a week and us standing off and on in the old walrus one fine day up went the signal and here come flint by himself in a little boat and his head done up in a blue scarf the sun was getting up and mortal white he looked about the curt water but there he was you mind and the six all dead dead and buried how he done it not a man of boaters could make out it was battle murder and sudden death leastways him against six billy bones was the mate long john he was the quartermaster and they asked him where the treasure was ah says he you can go ashore if you like and stay he says but as for the ship she'll beat up for more by thunder that's what he said well i was in another ship three years back and we sighted this island boys said i here is flint's treasure let's land and find it the captain was displeased at that but my made drew all the mind and landed twelve days they looked for it every day they had the worst word for me until one fine morning all hands went aboard as for you benjamin gullen says they here's a musket they says and a spade and a pickaxe you can stay here and find flint's money for yourself they says well jim three years have i been here and not a bud of christian diet from that day to this but now you look here look at me do i look like a man before the mast no, says you. nor I warn't neither. I says,
0: and with that he winked and pinched me hard.
1: Just you mention them words to your squire, Jim. He went on. Nor he warn't neither. That's the words. Three years he was a man of this island, light and dark, fair and rain. And sometimes he would maybe think upon a prayer, says you. And sometimes he would maybe think of his old mother, so be as she's alive, you'll say. But the most part of Gillen's time, this is what you'll say the most part of his time was took up with another matter and then you give him a nip like i do
0: and he pinched me again in the most confidential manner then he continued
1: then you'll up and you'll say this gun is a good man he'll say and he put the precious sight more confidence a precious sight mind that, and a gentleman born than in these gentlemen of fortune having been one hisself
0: well i said i don't understand one word that you've been saying but that's neither here nor there for how am i to get on board
1: ah said he that's the hitch for sure well there's my boat that i made with my two hands i keep her under the white rock if the worst come to worst we might try that after dark hi he broke out what's that
0: for just then although the sun had still an hour to run all the echoes of the island awoke and bellowed by the thunder of a cannon they have begun to fight i cried follow me and I began to run towards the anchorage, my terrors all forgotten, while close at my side the marooned man in his goatskins trotted easily and lightly.
1: Left left says he keep to your left hand, mate, Jim, under the trees with you. There's where I killed my first goat. They don't come down here now. They're all mast headed on them mountains for the fear of band gun. Ah and there's the Mary
0: Cemetery, he must have meant.
1: You see the mounds? I come here and prayed. Nows and thens, when i thought maybe a sunday would be about due it warn't quite a chapel but it seemed more solemn-like and then says you Ben gun was short-handed no chapeling, nor so much as a bible and a flag you says
0: so he kept talking as i ran neither expecting nor receiving any answer the cannon shot was followed after a considerable interval by a volley of small arms another pause and then not a quarter of a mile in front of me I beheld the Union Jack flutter in the air above a wood. End of chapter 15